You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. How about we finish this off with a safety, shall we? <laughs> Board out territory, obviously. Jones standing in his own end zone to our right. Snap, back to pass. Pressure again off the edge. And he's set for the safety. Crosby and Nichols, they met in the end zone. They squished him to the turf. And the Raiders defense has that safety. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. They squished him to the turf. I love it. Jason Horowitz right there, the voice of Silver and Black. He actually joined our show earlier today, hour number two. He kicked off hour number two. Love it when he gave that description. Squished him to the turf. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 150 East Centennial. We'll be here till 5 o'clock. We have Nick Shook coming up in just a matter of minutes and also Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll, uh, he'll be around around 4.30 be on this show. Got a text from All Day Raider A on our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Like you, Q, I think Hoyer is the right move for this game. And if the offense happens to look better and score more with Hoyer, Jimmy could take his his time getting better. Can you please give my daughter Amber a birthday shout-out while we both listen to you? So, uh, yeah, first of all, I agree uh, that Hoyer should be the right guy for this this game. And let's see what it looks like, right? Let's see what it looks like after uh, this game and see what happens. And if he does look good, then, you know, maybe – Hey, maybe Jimmy can take his time getting better. And, you know, if not, then maybe Aiden O'Connell is the way to go. But for this game, I do agree, Hoyer is the way to go. And, Amber, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. I can't believe that you're spending your birthday listening to me. You could be doing a whole lot better things with your life. Then listen to me. No, really, uh, spend that time with your pops. That's awesome. But happy birthday. Hopefully you have a really good one. Make him buy you something expensive. Nikes and Cadillacs. That's the best way to go. I'm just saying. I know a guy. I know a guy that's preferences are Nikes and Cadillacs. So, Amber, we're going to lead you the right direction. I'm going to tell you to do something good for your country, man. Tell your daddy, say, hey, I need a Cadillac. I need a Cadillac in my life. I need a Nikes in my life. I'm just kidding. Have a happy birthday. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you guys have a really good day. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Again, Nick Shook from NFL.com should join us in a matter of minutes. Gangster Raider, you're up first. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, y'all? Once again, shout out to the Vegas Aces, you know what I'm saying, for winning back-to-back championships, you know what I mean? But um, for us tomorrow, hey, what's up, Black? I'm on the phone. I mean, I'm on the radio right now. Hey, um, yeah, um, as, um for us tomorrow, you know, you know, you know I think AOC should start, but I think we should um, focus on the fundamentals. This should be one of the games that we practice on. I mean, if we focus on the fundamentals and focus on getting the fundamentals right, not doing nothing extra, not doing nothing, you know, fancy, just doing the basic fundamentals and locking in on a game plan, a strategic game plan to beat the Bears on the road, and we should come off um, victorious. You know what I mean? As far as the defense, as the defense keep doing what they're doing, sure up the um, the defensive line, I mean, the, 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 the um, trenches. Long as the trenches, it starts there. If Max and Bilal can get pressure, and then the linebackers doing what they do, the safeties and the corners will have time to make um, turnovers and do more, um, get more turnovers and make a difference on defense. Because to me, the defense is the key. No matter what we do on offense, the defense is the key because the fact that they're starting a rookie quarterback, or not even a rookie quarterback, a quarterback that's not the starter. You know, if the defense can um, come out and get them like quick three and outs, like their first three um, possessions, three and outs each time, 
the offense to start doubting itself and the team to start doubting everything all together. And then we can go on a run. You know what I'm saying? Once they got that doubt and the defense steps up and snatch their heart out, we win easily. You know what I'm saying? To me, those are the keys. And Josh Jacobs has to be at least two or three touchdowns this game. I think two running and one catching. He needs to get his first um, end zone. I mean, his first touching, his first receiving touchdown in the end zone this game. All right, y'all, keep the game. See, I'm gone. Cue. Hey, really good stuff, really good stuff. And, yeah, don't do too much. Just do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you do what you're supposed to do, and you should go win the game. Simple as that. You know, you got an undrafted free agent, a rookie quarterback, getting his first start in the NFL. It's not a guy that we should be talking about on Monday. It's like, wow, that dude was great. Shouldn't be that. And, look, there's a lot of Bears fans who think that this Tyson Bajan guy could be their quarterback of the future. And now, Raider Nation, we've all been down this road before, you know, with uh, quarterbacks, and the next guy's the best guy, right? So we'll see. But that's what uh, – that's what they're they're talking about, right? I mean, just kind of doing my research on the Bears and hearing what some of the fans have to say. They're 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 really high on on Tyson Bajan, so don't let him uh, you know go out there and 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 make you look silly. Don't let him go out there and have his way with you. So uh, the Raiders got their their work cut out for him, no doubt about it. We got one more quick call, and then we'll get to Nick Shook from NFL.com. Dino in Toronto, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Thank you. Thanks for the vibe, bro. Appreciate it. Ari doing yep. a great job as always. Uh, just want to touch on uh, Devontae, man. I mean, uh, I know that he's got a lot of national play with, with his comments, but, you know, Q, we haven't had a player like this. This guy's a generational talent, man. We haven't had a player like this on our team since Tim Brown, Bo Jackson. I mean, this guy's all world. I'm, I'm just shocked that, you know, this coaching staff doesn't see the, the, the importance of getting the ball. I'm not saying they're not trying to get it to him, but this guy should be option one on every play, man. He's money. He's money. He, this, guy, this this man is, is, is in shape every game. He never drops, you know what I mean? And I, that, that pass that Jimmy threw, man, that was a suicide pass. I mean, Devontae got hit so hard that Jimmy's on the DL. You know what I mean? Like, like that, 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 <laughs> that, that, that's, how, that's how tough this guy is. And, I mean, if that doesn't prove to this staff that this guy is, is, is demanding the ball, like, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I just hope that they – they correct that. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind Hoyer. I mean, he, he's, he's next man up. I get it. Uh, a lot of people aren't happy with that, but I mean, we got to support the decision. And um, I just hope again, man. I called last week. I was apprehensive about this, these types of games. You know what I mean? Like I, I've just seen it in the past. I mean, you know, I, I, I'll take the win last week. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, win is a win. Just like Al Davis said, man, just win, baby. But. Um, we squeaked one out last week, man, and we should have. We should. We sh- it shouldn't have been that close. And um, again, man, I, I, this is a must-win for us. We got to get to four and three, and 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 get some victories, man, and build build on build some confidence. But man, get Devonte the ball fast and plenty. Thank you. Hey, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. And you know, I I honestly believe that what you just said is the truth. That Devonte is option one on every play, on every route. He's option one. I, I honestly put that on I put that on the quarterback not getting him the ball. To be hundred percent honest. I mean obviously I'm not in the huddle, so I don't know what's being called. I'm not in the headset. But I, I would be I would be really shocked, let's put it like that. I guess that's a, the nicest and cleanest way to put it. I'd be really shocked if these play calls that are being designed or called are not designed to go to Devontae first. I just think that Jimmy's coming off of him quick. I, I just I just think that it's one of those things he looks up and says O blank and throws it to someone else. He locks in on someone really quick and goes to him. That that but that's just me. Again, that's just a gut feeling, and we all know what I say about my gut feeling. Sometimes it's my gut feeling that's right. 
Other times it's gas. So, you know, when it's gas, oh, boy, everybody clear out, brother. Everybody <laughs> clear out because it gets bad. <laughs> Join us now on the phone line. That's an intro right there for your backside. Nick Shook from NFL.com. He joins us. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you, my man. And we're in week seven now of the NFL. It got underway last night, Thursday night football. The Jaguars beat the Saints. And really, Nick, I was uh, I was impressed by Trevor Lawrence. He's a guy that came in with a lot of questions if he was even going to play a sprained leg, a sprained knee, and all he does is not only lead his team to victory but also leads the team in rushing. What did you think of the performance week seven from Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting season for the Jaguars at this point. I mean, they're five and two, but if you'd asked the Jaguars fan a couple of weeks ago how they felt about their team, they'd probably be on the fence. And a lot of it had to do with the offense, which showed signs of getting to it peak form, but just couldn't quite get there. Just near misses, just Trevor Lawrence barely missing a guy or a guy not making a catch that he should make. That sort of thing was really prevalent. And in the last couple of weeks, they really started to hit their stride. I thought that this game was a good example of it, especially in the first half. Lawrence obviously doing it with his arm, but also doing it with his legs, you know, leading the team in rushing despite that knee injury. You know, I, I Tuesday night I'm out and about, and I have somebody come up to me and say, hey, is Trevor Lawrence going to play on, on Thursday? And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. You know, you got to follow the injury report. He looked like he wasn't hurt at all. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, it, it's just the next step forward in his, in his uh, season this year for him. He's, he's a guy that I think we know how immensely talented he is, and we probably expected more from him out of the gate. He's really starting to hit his stride with the rest of this offense. And that last touchdown drive kind of put a cherry on top of what I thought was a complete performance from a guy who is going to continue to climb up my QB rankings for sure. With what they were able to do and put on wax on Thursday that we saw now, you know, getting another victory under their belt, are they clearly, no doubt about it, the best team in that division now? Yeah, I think the combination of the way they've been playing, the way they dominated the Colts last week, and the fact that the Colts are not going to have Anthony Richardson for the rest of the season, sounds like, uh, I think that gives them a pretty clear advantage in that division. The Titans are a team that, you know, they're very up and down. They're on their best day, Ryan Tannehill throws a couple touchdowns, maybe runs for one, and they win running away. But most of their games have been kind of a slog offensively for them. Even that London game that they played last weekend, uh, you know, they were terrible on third down, just not very inspired by that offense right now. And it's a shame because they have a defense that I think is worthy of contending for a division title. The team to watch out, though, is, is the Texans. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're a lot better than they were a year ago. They've taken on the personality of their coach especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're flying around the field. They're playing aggressively. And C.J. Stroud, man, I think he's the leader for offensive rookie of the year. And if he keeps playing like this, he'll be a shoe-in for that award. He's had a fantastic rookie season. So keep an eye on them. But I think right now, as it stands, it's the Jaguars' decision to lose. Is C.J. Stroud playing with what I would call a little bit of a chip on his shoulder since everyone leading into the draft was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to be a quarterback in the NFL. His S2 scores aren't great and kind of doubted him. And he's just going out there and just – being a football player like he said he was. Isn't it fun when a player scores poorly on the S2 and then comes out and proves everyone wrong? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just a blast to watch that happen. Because yep. it, it, everybody likes to prove the haters wrong, and he's certainly doing that right now. I don't know if he's playing with a chip on his shoulder so much as he's executing this offense as it's designed. Bobby Slack, the OC, has done a fantastic job of scheming it around him to his strength. You can tell he trusts his offensive line, especially his left tackle. He sits back there, he's calm, cool, collected, trusts his progressions, uses his eyes properly, and he's throwing guys up with that accuracy. That was his greatest strength coming out of Ohio State. He's really just been fun to watch. You know, It's not often that you see a rookie quarterback come in and find a lot of success and look as comfortable as he is uh, to this point so far, and especially doing so without being like a dual threat guy. He can run a little bit, but that's not really his game is running. He's more of 
a guy can, that can extend plays, but he's a passer first and foremost, and he's playing to the strengths right now. It's, it's really a treat, and, um, and I'm really curious to see where they can go because Houston fans got to feel like, yeah, man, we finally got our quarterback. It's been so long. You know, even when they had Watson and then the Watson thing happened, it's like we finally got our replacement. They're on a good, good course. I think, for a prosperous future. Nick Shook is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. You mentioned Deshaun Watson, his current team, the Cleveland Browns. They have a stellar defense, man. That defense is top-notch. It's like on historical numbers right now. Watson a little bit banged up, uh, kind of questions around him. But that defense, Nick, in, in Cleveland is fantastic, man. What has Jim Schwartz been able to do to really dial that thing up the way he has? Well, you know, there's some aggression involved, um, but what I really like is how impactful the front four and really the front seven have been. Because if you look at the Browns linebacking core, it's, it's Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and it's Anthony Walker and Sione Takitaki. And the latter two probably don't make headlines for names. And yet they play so well together. Um, even the guys they rotate in at linebacker have been a pretty done a pretty solid job, but it starts with that defensive front. I mean, Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett. You know what you're getting out of him. Uh, Zadarius Smith has been a very, very welcome addition. He's done a really good job so far. It's nice to have bookend rushers like that that can affect him. But the greatest strength of that group, I think, beyond Miles Garrett, is the defensive interior, which was a huge weakness for them last year. Out of a position group they really didn't address last year and then paid the price for, they went out and got a number of guys that I have experienced. Mo Hurst is having a great year. I know you're familiar with Mo yeah, Hurst and his yep. time in, uh, in with the Raiders. And he's been a huge pickup for them. Shelby Harris has been good. They're pretty deep. You know, you know, Jim Schwartz likes to rotate guys up there, and he's taking full advantage of that. And the secondary, you know, it, it's a talented secondary, but because that front four has been able to cause so much, so many problems and so much, uh, so many issues for opposing quarterbacks, it makes their job easier. And then they just finish the job, and they've been playing well as, as well. So it's really a complementary unit that's strong in the front, strong in the back, and good enough at the mid level. And uh, they're playing like a team right now so well that they give the Browns a chance to win every game, even when they got got T.J. Walker back. (laughs) Throws two picks, and they find a way to beat, you know, who we thought was probably the best team in the NFL. So, hey, you know, people say defense don't win championships anymore. I disagree. I think they do. I think the Browns have a shot to, you know, contend in this division because of that defense. That defense is stellar. I mean, it really is. I'm so impressed by what they're able to do. And, you know, you, of course, they went out and made the big move for Deshaun Watson, gave him all the guaranteed money, gave Houston all that draft capital. Uh, he's banged up. What, what has been kind of your early returns on Deshaun Watson since he's been a member of the Cleveland Browns so far? Well, I think, you know, a lot of pressure coming in this year. A lot of people were disappointed by what he did last year. But you have to consider the fact that he's been playing for like week 13. You know, a partial season. You were never going to get a good return on that. Um, his greatest game last year was against Washington. He three straight touchdown drives. And I was like, maybe that's the guy that he can be. Um, he's been that guy in one game this year. And that was against Tennessee, which is also the game in which he suffered an injury that's kept him out for the last three weeks, if you include the five. So I think if you judge his game-by-game performance, uh, week one didn't really matter because the defense was so good. Week two, he was not good, bottom line. Uh, and week three, he was... Solid. Yeah. His probably his best game as a Brown since that Washington game. Not spectacular. We still have not seen that from him. I think there's a trust issue with the offensive line. He's been pulling his eyes down a little quick. Um, and I'm curious to see that if he, if he does play on Sunday, whether his progressions will be on time or if there's going to be a little bit of rust to knock off from being out the last few weeks. I will say this. He's not been fantastic. Right. But he's still clearly a much better option than anything else on the Browns roster and probably made Browns fans, you know, appreciate who they have as their usual starter. 
Yeah, I think they have, you know, I think they have a, a split a split uh, crowd, right? I mean, some are, are super excited about him, and some are still kind of on the fence and want to see a little bit more. But you're right, he's better than what they had in the past and, and, and probably what they'll have for a while. So, uh, yeah, they've got to be at least somewhat okay with Deshaun Watson and what he's brought to the table so far. But, man, that, that Browns defense is nothing to shake a stick at. That thing is – that's phenomenal. Again, we're talking with Nick Shook here on Radio Nation Radio 920, talking all things NFL. And, you know, there was a time in the league, as you very well know, where the trade deadline came in went and it was basically crickets you heard nothing you saw nothing there was nothing to look at now that lately it's been it's been pretty pretty popping man it's been pretty fantastic uh how how busy do you think the trade deadline will be when it comes up for uh, october 31st um that's a good question because we have already seen some movement we've seen some guys that teams are clear that you know, they, they want to move on from uh you know like a, a like what denver's done with you know guys like frank clark you know they're just like that well, he's available for trade. That turns out he's gone because we can't find a trade partner. Uh, the way they moved Randy Gregory, also another you know clear example of, of a team willing to move on from a guy that maybe you know they feel doesn't fit or isn't worth the money anymore. Um, I think that there's some room for activity. I don't believe it's going to be quite as busy as we expect. And okay. a lot of times you see teams that are sellers, but I wonder if Carolina is really going to be a seller. You know, are you going to move on from a Brian Burns? There were some rumors about that last year. I don't see the value in that still. Um, the Giants, I think, are a team that's not just going to throw in the towel and move on, although they could probably use a little bit of cap relief. The Vikings are intriguing because of the whole Kirk Cousins thing. He's got a no-trade clause. They're 2-4, and four, but they have one in the last two games. So it's like, uh, are they, do they think they can turn it around? I don't think they're really that good of a team. Um, and then the Patriots are the team that I'm still paying attention to because they build their team in a specific way, but they're bad right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm just, I wonder, you know, are they going to move on from anybody and try and get some value back, especially some of the veterans that they have back there, guys like Jalen Mills. Um, I would hate to see them move on from a guy like Kyle Duggar, but I think it's still going to be a key part of their future. And then, you know, the rest of the teams that are struggling right now, I think are in a state where maybe, you know, selling some of these guys doesn't really make sense. Maybe a Buda Baker in Arizona because he had some contract issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, where he wants more money and, and the team's maybe not positioned that way. But they're playing better than I think their record indicates. And, um, and I, I have a feeling that they're probably going to keep most of their team intact. So I don't think it's going to be quite as busy as we anticipate. Because if you think about it from like a needs perspective, what teams truly believe that they can contend to the point that they're going to make moves? Like the Rams basically said, we're not buyers. Like right. we're, the offseason, they were not buyers. And I don't think they're really in a position to buy right now, yet they're three and three. So you could justify it because you're saying, well, look, we've already won three games. Why don't we go out and get somebody? Uh, if you go to the top tier of NFL teams right now, you think about, you know, the, the Lions or the Bills, you know, some secondary options there, the Chargers who need another option of receiver even after they drafted Quentin Johnson. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see quite as much movement. The big names that we usually expect in the last couple of years don't seem to be quite as available. So they should be a little bit quieter than it was you know, last year or the year before. Couple names I want to throw out to you real quick, and they've been floating around the rumor mill. And we we all know what that is. It's the rumor mill. But uh, Chase Young in Washington and Saquon Barkley in in New York. Do you think either one of those guys get out of their out of their teams? Saquon is interesting because you know we followed his injury. We tracked it for week to week. You know, can the Giants get him back? Because he's such a big part of their offense. They're so much better when he's on the field because they're abysmal without him. And um, and their offensive line had some issues. They've kind of improved that. You know, the addition of Justin Hughes reshuffling kind of helped them in that loss to the Bills last weekend. But he is, you know, on that one-year deal. Do they want to try to capitalize when it comes to value? He did get stinked up this year already. So does he have that much value? I don't know. They got a lot of money committed to Daniel Jones. Do they have the room? They've, they've been in a bad cap 
face situations the last couple of years because of what Dave Gettleman, you know, what situation he left them in when he walked away. Um, so, I mean, from a team building perspective, it probably makes sense. But at the same time, because like you're not going to want to pay him big money and he's going to have to get paid or find some sort of deal somewhere. And I don't think you're going to be the team that wants to, to pay him that. But at the same time, can you really afford to not have that type of playmaker in your offense right now? I don't think so. So they, I think if they get to the deadline and they're in a really bad spot where they still only have one win to their name, then maybe we start to explore the, a potential parting of ways. I think it's Chase Young's side, he's having a pretty solid year. Very solid. You know, what's the, yep. old, the old combo? Uh, Chase Young and Josh, or not Josh Sweat, uh, Montez Sweat. Yep. Young and Sweaty, as they say on the, <laughs> on the NFL podcast. Uh, those guys are playing pretty well. Yeah. And the Commanders are 3-3 three and three in a division that I think that they can contend in. It's also a proven year for Ron Rivera. So mm-hmm. I, I believe they would probably set that aside and keep rolling with him. But then again, do they want to pay him beyond this year? I don't know. He's, he's entering. He's going toward a point of leverage where he could probably ask for some money if he continues to play at this pace. So I think if you had to choose between the two, it's more likely that Saquon gets moved than Chase Young, just because that defensive front is such a strength in Washington and also a key part for a defense that was having a tough time a couple weeks ago before starting to kind of figure it out and get back on track. Nick Shook is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Rough. There's just got a few more questions for you. Uh, we just saw the Cowboys beat the Chargers on, uh, on Monday Night Football. The Chargers, they dropped to 2-3 uh, and three overall, and uh, they got five games under their belt now, and they got a tough one against the Chiefs this week. What have you thought about the Chargers? It seems like every year they're in a position to really make noise, and then something happens, and they don't make that noise. They go and get Kellen Moore this year as their offensive coordinator, and it seems like it's kind of the old song and dance. What have your thoughts been on the Chargers so far? I mean, I'm disappointed by them, to be honest with you. Um, they had a game that they could have won in week one against the Dolphins, lost that game. They had a game they could have won against the Titans week two. They lost that game. They beat the Vikings in a close one. They beat the Raiders in a close one. Every game so far has been by one possession, win or loss. But I don't believe in them. And I think it does start with Brandon Staley. I think it's um, – I'm not just – I'm just not a huge fan of him as a coach. You know, everybody talks about how aggressive he is, according to the analytics on fourth down and everything else. But – it, they do things that teams that are poorly coached do. They make mistakes and are sloppy in the way that teams that are poorly coached do. And and they've been this team that we've looked at every year and been like, hey, they could contend for the division. They could get a wild card spot. They get a wild card spot last year and blow a massive lead against the Jaguars. Um, I I just don't think. I think they're pretenders. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, I just think they're pretenders. There's a lot of season left though. It is only week seven, but I mean that Kansas City game is not setting up well for them. You get a little bit of a reprieve with Chicago in the following week. But the Jets have a good defense. I think it's going to cause them problems. Then you play the Lions, you get the Packers, you get the Ravens. Um, it's an up-and-down schedule where there's opportunities to win games. And I think that they're going to be in the hunt for a wild-card spot for most of the year. But I could see it hitting a tailspin that last month and then tossing Brandon Staley his job. Because I just, deep down, if I you know had to put any stock in, in a certain number of teams, the Chargers would not be near the top of that list. On the flip side of things, Kansas City is there at 5-1. and one. They just traded for their old friend, McCole Hardman. He's back in the mix. Uh, looks like they're going to probably bring Frank Clark back as he was around town or is coming to town to, to get a physical with the team. How impressed have you been with their defense? Not their offense. It hasn't been fantastic, but their defense has been really sticking good this year. Yeah, really good since week one. I think that the most points they've allowed is 20. Um, you know, obviously they won five in a row and they we're one point away from potentially winning in week one and being a 6-0 and team right now. And, and that's maybe the element that was missing a little bit two years ago. Uh, kind of came back around last year. They, of course, won the Super Bowl, but it was a high-scoring affair. If that defense continues to play like that, and the thing is, is what's impressive about it is the change in personnel, and yet they they seem to be, have gotten better. 
Uh, George Karlaftis, you know, ascends into a starting role and is, and is making a difference. You've obviously got Chris Jones, uh, Nick Bolton, a number of other key playmakers throughout that defense. But I'm just the continuity when it comes to changing personnel and yet they continue to play, you know, really well together has been impressive. Steve Spagnuolo deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, this is a veteran guy who knows what he's doing as defensive coordinator. It's just, um, I, I, I love the Chiefs potential because their offense, you know, hasn't really gotten off the race to stay for, I don't know, one game this year against the Bears. It's been a bit of a slog for them. And that's part of why they went and got Hardman is some familiarity for Patrick Mahomes with guys he's throwing to. You add that with that defense, I think they're going to be right there again, probably win the division and be right in the top for AFC title contenders once again. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're playing better on that side of the ball. No doubt. No doubt. Well, fantastic stuff as always. Nick, you know we definitely appreciate you. What are you working on that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Well, we always got QB Index that runs on Thursdays. I file that by on Wednesday, and uh, that's what my Sunday through Tuesday is spent doing is watching every game back and breaking down the quarterbacks, moving them up and down the rankings every week, and drawing all the hate online on social media that I can possibly get. I'm like a magnet for it, and I know <laughs> that's part of the job. So you can find that at NFL.com slash QB Index. You can also check out the Gridiron Podcast. My podcast is over football on Formula One. Had a lot of news in both areas this week. We just posted a new episode yesterday. You see that on SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever Amazon's platform is named. Still don't know what it's named. Uh, and check us out there as well. And you can also find me on Twitch. Do a little bit of streaming while playing Madden on Twitch at the Nick Shook. And, of course, on Twitter under the same name, at the Nick so I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm yes, staying busy, that's for sure. Hey, that's what you're supposed to do, man. In our business, being busy is a great thing, so uh, we cannot complain at being busy. Let me ask you this real quick. When it comes to your quarterback rankings, uh, is there a certain amount of games that you have to play to be able to qualify in your rankings since uh, now Jimmy G is going to miss at least two and a half games so far this season? No, that's what's crazy, and I think that's what adds challenge to it is that it's whoever started that week. So, like, P.J. Walker was in it this week, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson was in it for a week. Nice. Aiden O'Connell was in it for a week, and Brian Hoyer did not make it because he only played part of a game, but if he <laughs> plays on Sunday, he'll be in it. So it's whoever played the most recent game, and that's why you see some serious fluctuations. Guys on buys will move just because of that type of fluctuation. But we like to say this is where they stand as of last, you know, the most recent game played. I do, of course, take into consideration where they've done over the course of the season, but Guys who played less games, there's just less evidence to work with. And, you know, we're, we're going with the flow as we go through the season. There you go. I'm not mad at that at all. Well, hey, man, have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the games. Uh, always appreciate catching up with you, my man. And like I said, have a great weekend. We'll catch up soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Q. No doubt. Good stuff. Nick Shook, NFL.com. Good friend of the show. Definitely appreciate him giving us some time this afternoon as we're here at 150 East Centennial. Buffalo Wild Wings is a spot. We're down to a couple more T-shirts, uh, Coors Light hat. Uh, I think I gave all the tickets out, and we have a couple cups and koozies left. So you have a few minutes to come on by and get hooked up with some of the prizes that we have. I gave out the very last uh, bottle opener, the Raider Nation Radio 920 bottle opener. That's one hot off the presses. Ari, uh, Juan the Smasher, wanted me to tell you uh, peace out and uh, keep up the good work. And I told him he must be listening to another station if he thinks you're doing good work. <laughs> Thanks, Juan, and no one else. No, I appreciate that. Juan's awesome. Thanks, Smasher, yeah, if you're listening. He, yeah, he if you're came still by, listening. He came by with Baby Smasher and his daughter as well. And so I uh, was able to pick up some lunch with them and hang out for a while, pick up a T-shirt and – and uh, the new, the brand new bottle opener, Raider Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to Nick and, of course, Juan the Smasher and everyone else who stopped by. Vice Raider uh, was here a little while ago as well. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, very patient, Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Q, how you doing? Good show. Uh, Thank you, sir. Thanks to take my call. Uh, these ashes, ashes are losing, so I'm hoping Texas 
you get it, they'll win it in you know, six games. Yep. You know, they're cheaters, you know? <laughs> but I guess they can cheat in any sport. We, we, we know one guy who's cheating. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a hard game. This quarterback, I think the Bears, without without Justin Fields, I think they're pretty bad. And I wanted to see, uh, again, Aiden O'Connell, but I don't know why they're starting uh, – 14 veteran, you know what you're going with him. Yeah. They're, they're trying to tank and not do a good job. Um, ben and, and Carl, I hope one of those guys gets uh, my boy, Caleb, or even uh, DJ Young Galele. Uh, yeah. I want to see the Broncos get one of these quarterbacks. Right. And I think we'll, we'll be drafting, but I want to see what Carl got. Anyway, it, it, we win. I think we should win this game, but I think that, and, you know, and they also have the, Bears got the first round pick for Panthers, but, you know, I think. They have a quarterback for the future. I think he's pretty good. All right. Going to the Bears. All right. Too bad we couldn't have that problem. <laughs> Two and one picks. Right. Thanks, Mitch, for the call. Appreciate you, my man. And, uh, yeah, you, you wish that uh, the Raiders had that kind of draft capital, but they do not. And, you know, they've got they've got a, a pretty expensive offense, as a matter of fact, and they've just got to find a way to put it together. And at some point they'll get their quarterback of the future, I do believe. But, uh, right now, they you know don't have him as least a starter. I mean, who knows what Aiden O'Connell could be. At some point, we'll learn who he's going to be. I want to get one quick tweet in before we take a quick break. Uh, this is from Squidly on Twitter, at your boy Q254 at RNR920 AM at Ari Produces. It says, Q, question, why is Hoyer now the smart choice and wasn't against the Chargers? Why not the rookie? Thanks. Love the show. That's from Squidly. And I think some of what you saw against the Chargers is right why – Brian Hoyer is a smart decision. I think that they went with him. They gave him an opportunity, and they liked some of what they saw from him, but they didn't see enough. And that was my problem in week three, why I didn't want him to play, because I didn't want him to start to have some success towards the second half of the game, which he did, and then all of a sudden get put on the shelf. And that's exactly what happened. And so now it's almost like you're starting all over again. So I think that they're looking at this game, and this is just my gut feeling again. They're looking at this game as very winnable, so they want to go out there, try to get that W, and you know, then take it one week at a time. Of course, Detroit's coming up next week. That's going to be a tough game as well. So I think that that's how they're looking at it. They saw what Brian Hoyer did in the second half of the game. I know he didn't wow anybody, but he also didn't sink the ship. right? So that's, that's why I believe that they believe Brian Hoyer is the best guy for the job right now. I'm, I'm sticking to the same script that I've stuck, stuck, stuck with since week three. And I'm not the only one, so it's not like I'm campaigning for the guy. So appreciate you, brother. Thanks for stopping by. So that's uh, that. That's why I believe that they think he's the right guy for the job. Thank you. Appreciate you. 4.30 is the time. Ari, do I need to take a quick break? And what do you want me to do, take a quick break? All right, let's go get one more call. Ron in Oregon, welcome to the show, Ron. What's on your mind? Hi. It's been a while since I called you. I had a stroke four and a half months ago, and I've just finally gotten back where I can talk right and get on the phone. Well, uh, welcome back, and I hope you're doing okay, man. Appreciate you. Oh, oh, yeah. I got a second go. The Lord gave me some, uh, yeah. But anyway, I want to run something by you with the two quarterbacks. I think that – there's been uh, periods of time, and I'll go back like to Joe Montana when he was drafted by the 49ers, and they had a guy by the name Steve DeBerg. Mm-hmm. And that year, for about three or four games, they designed plays to put Montana in, mm-hmm. and that he did real well and got his camp confidence built up. And then finally, about 
three-quarters of the way through the season they end up starting. Why don't they try to do something like that with Aiden O'Connell where they design plays they know it can do well, bring players in he's very familiar with on those plays? That's a great question. Thanks for the call, Ron. I appreciate it. That's a great question, right? And, and we've seen teams do that, uh, you know, from time to time where they put guys in certain packages. I can see that. I don't know how they would switch that up, though, with, with Aiden O'Connell and, and, you know, Brian Hoyer, only because Aiden O'Connell doesn't have, like, some super athletic ability where you think he might be a, th- a threat to run or something. I'm not too sure. It's a good question, though. It really is. I can see, I can see a package for him here, a package there for him. You know, maybe even a red zone package. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen quarter. You know, the teams switch switch it up a little bit and and you know do things like that with quarterbacks. I don't think because he has any, you know, big time athletic trait or something like that is probably why they don't. But I mean, if you go back to Deberg in Montana, I mean, there wasn't any super athletic trait either where you know Montana was running around the yard like that. So I, that's a good question. Uh, but Ron, more importantly, man, I'm glad that you're doing good. Really, I r- really am. It's it's great to hear from you, brother. Thanks for uh, thinking of us and, and giving us a call, and uh, enjoy the game this uh, this Sunday. 4.32 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get some more calls, get some more texts, and then we have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll be joining us in a matter of minutes as well. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, efforting Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com. He should join us in a matter of minutes. Talk all storylines, all betting lines, money lines. How can you put some money in your pocket this upcoming weekend? Lee Sterling will join us in a matter of minutes. Uh, Laker E hit us up on Twitter. Brian Hoyer getting the start means to me that McDaniels needs a win to stay head coach. I know your stance on this, but I disagree. I need to see if Aiden O'Connell has what it takes to give him game or. To, by giving him game reps. Look, Hoyer contributed two field goals last week against the depleted Patriots D at home. I mean, $102 million offense, brother. I'm really depressed about the direction, Q. Thanks. That's from Laker E. And, look, the Raiders' starting quarterback only contributed one touchdown. I mean, let's – you know, you could talk about Brian Hoyer all you want, but it's not like Jimmy G was wowing anybody. I mean, come on. You know, give me a break. They they were having long, sustained drives, and they got one touchdown out of it. The rest were field goals. Right, and you have plenty of time. It's only week seven. There's plenty of time to see what Aiden O'Connell has. I guess I've said this a thousand times. You'll have plenty of time to see what Aiden O'Connell has. He's going to get burned. He's going to get multiple games. It's not 100% necessary that it's this week. It's not like this is the final game of the season, and, and on Monday we're going to talk about what the team is and what the team is and who's coming back. It's only week seven. There's plenty of time to get burned and see what Aiden O'Connell has. It doesn't need to be this week against a team that's very winnable. And, and and obviously I don't I don't I don't sign up for the McDaniel's has to win. I don't think he's going anywhere. To be a hundred to keep it a buck, I don't think he's going anywhere. Him and Dave Ziegler are together, tied at the hip, and again until Mark Davis decides that one's gonna go, then you know, I think both are here to stay. That just my opinion. We'll see. But thanks for the tweet. I do appreciate you. And that's all the time we got for right now because Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com has just let me know that he's ready to join us. So we're going to uh, go ahead and take a quick break, come back. Lee Sterling will join the show here on Red Nation Radio 920. 
Let's take a look at the lines that can help win you some money. It's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, brought to you by Joe Stonecrab, located inside the Caesars Forum Shops. On Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com does join us now on the phone lines to give you all kind of money lines and let you know where you should lay your money this weekend. And Lee, thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate you. And right now, man, we're in week seven of NFL action. It started off with the Jaguars getting the victory over the Saints. Um, it wasn't the greatest game. It had a kind of a cool ending. But uh, what were your thoughts on uh, week seven action as it started on Thursday Night Football? I think everyone's been waiting for Trevor Lawrence. Finally, yeah. we saw Trevor Lawrence come out and got a lot of talent and skill position levels. And, you know, they were right there with, with Kansas City, almost knocked them off last year. So I think that reaffirms a lot of people's positions about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this just not working out for the Saints here. I mean, this is <laughs> – Yeah. Uh, it, I thought it would be a little bit better, but um, – just shows you the the margin between winning and losing. Uh, you know, two former Raiders trying to hook up on third down and goes off the tight end. Rose goes off his fingertips. So yeah, felt bad for the kid. Yeah, yep. no, I did too. That was his. You know, that's his. That's his hometown and everything. So uh, you know, he's a hell of a guy in Foster Morrow, and yep. you know, the ball bounces off his hands. I'll say this, man. Uh, those Saints fans were booing the hell out of Derek Carr, and it's only seven weeks right. in, and they were booing the hell out of him. Um, you know, I I, I choose to. Want him to succeed, but that's a struggle. You can tell they're on the struggle bus right now in New Orleans trying to get that offense going. So New Orleans loses. Uh, the Jaguars get the victory. Trevor Lawrence was banged up coming into the game, Lee, and he actually led his team in rushing. He had a knee injury and led his team in rushing. So that showed yeah. you a lot about how tough that kid is. He's a tough dude. Yeah, he's a tough kid, and he's deceptively very fast. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize. Watch him when he runs sometimes. He pulls away from linebackers and defensive backs. Yeah, he's good. Not. He's a good one, man. They yeah. they uh, they got to rally around a guy like that that's willing to put it out there when you know he's banged up. So that was how week seven started. Let's get into some action for this upcoming week, both college football and NFL. Again, Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're going to talk about all games that matter to what we are focusing on. So we'll start in the college game. We'll talk about UNLV, those Rebels. They're already 5-1, and one, one game away from being bowl eligible, and they're hosting Colorado State, UNLV minus eight versus Colorado State. Lee, break this one down for us. I can tell you this much. So I do a show in Boise. Their hearts were ripped out on on that Hail Mary. I mm-hmm. mean, they have not recovered. But uh, Colorado State, you know, did what they had to. They are improved here, but they still have a lot of weaknesses. I think uh, UNLV is on a roll right now. You got to look at this team, and you got to figure right now. Sometimes, you know, when all the pressure is off, uh, this is when they play their best. They've scored 174 points in the last four games. I love the play calling, love the execution. The offensive line is coming together. Um, this is what I think everyone hoped that they could be here. So they're doing this without their star quarterback here. Uh, the Rams, like I said, still so many weaknesses, and their linebackers, their linebackers in coverage some of the worst I've seen. So that's, if I'm UNLV, that's where I attack also. The special teams are not even close to special. They're not even average here. <laughs> I'm going to go with the running Rebs here. 
41-27 over Colorado State. Boom, there it is right there. That's what I wanted to hear, man. That'd make him uh, bowl eligible with the sixth victory of the season. Coach Barry Odom's doing a really good job in his first year there at UNLV. There you go, UNLV minus eight versus Colorado State. Lee, here we go. Let's focus our attention now to the NFL, two teams that play in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are five and one, and the LA Chargers, who are two and three. Kansas City minus five and a half versus Chargers. Lee, how are you seeing this one shake out? All right. Last year, both games decided by a field goal. These teams have played a lot of close games, but Chargers coming off the short week, playing Monday night, got to travel. It's like two days less. I think it's really tough for this team. Justin Herbert, you look at all his physical talents. He should be better than what he is here. So, you know, they did talk about coming out of the draft. He wasn't one of these leaders that speaks up. There's just something missing there. Now, the biggest problem is the offensive line. They can't block anyone, committing penalties left and right. I mean, like, I think they had twice during the game, illegal uh, offensive lineman downfield. I yeah. mean, how do you have that happen? So they're getting manhandled, not just beat on the outside. Usually defensive ends, rush guys, edge guys can beat offensive tackles. There's guys, some of them just getting manhandled, just bull rushed and knocked down. So they're just not tough at the point of attack. Uh, third and one and fourth and one continually. They can't get the job done here. I think Kansas City's uh, going to lay one on them here. 30-20, to 20, Chiefs minus the five and a half. Boom, there it is right there. I'm right there with you, man. Something is off about Justin Herbert and the Chargers. We keep hearing all the hype, hearing all the hype. He's the next greatest thing, and something just always seems to come up and just doesn't shake out the way that everyone expects it to. And there was a ton of penalties on Monday Night Football when the Cowboys uh, beat the Chargers, and a lot of them were, like I said, self-inflicted wounds, just stupid penalties by the L.A. Chargers. There you go, Kansas City minus five and a half versus the Chargers. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So you know what that means. We've got to close thing out uh, with the Raiders. The Raiders are in Chicago taking on the Bears. The Raiders are riding a two-game winning streak. They're uh, evened up three and three. The Bears not so much. Starting a rookie quarterback most likely. They are one and five. The Raiders, who knows who their quarterback is going to be? Minus two and a half, Lee. What are your thoughts on this one? So I've never done this before. I'm going to give you an if bet. Okay. If if Brian Hoyer starts, I think the Raiders win the game. Okay. And I would lay the two and a half points. I'm not afraid of laying two and a half in, in offenses here that have not done much at all. Now, the Raiders won last week on that safety. That's how they covered. But I think Brian Hoyer right now is the right guy for this team. If they start Aiden O'Connell, I'm going to go against him. I mm. just don't think the kid's ready. I think they should put them on the bench, let them learn some more, maybe late in the season if they were out of the playoff race. Uh, or next year might be his time, but I just don't see it right now. You want to take advantage of a team right now that has played really poorly at home are the Bears. They're going to be without Justin Fields. We know that for sure. And they can't come up with a big play. And their play calling, I mean, they were making a comeback last week, and then they're moving down the field after scoring a touchdown five, eight, 10, 15 yard gains running and throwing. And they try a bomb here. <laughs> Their head coach calls the plays. Matt Eberflus, not a guy that I want in charge, but I think it comes down to the quarterback. So if Brian Horst starts, we're going with the Raiders. 
and laying the two and a half. If Aiden O'Connell starts, we're going to take, unfortunately, the Bears and say they break their 10-game losing streak at home. So Oof. just a different way to approach it. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not playing one way or the other until I find out who the quarterback is, and I think it's that important. Yeah, no, it is. It's very important, and that's exactly the reason why I've been saying all week I think Brian Hoyer should be the guy. This is a very winnable game for the Raiders, but they've got to go in there with the veteran. No reason to go in there with the rookie yep. and, uh, you know, have take chance where he may, you know, turn it over a couple times or whatnot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I know a lot of Raider Nation wants to see the youngster, but uh, I think for this game at least, Brian Hoyer makes more sense. Raiders right now minus 2.5 versus Chicago, and who knows, that's subject to change depending on who the quarterback is. And, Lee, on top of that, the most important thing is your daughter's going to be singing the national anthem in this one. That is true. So I'll <laughs> actually be there. So uh, anyone, if it, I'm going to be moseying around the stadium after she sings, and I'll also be there hanging around probably after the game. Anyone who's going to the game, uh, DM me on Twitter, X, uh, whatever they call it now these days, <laughs> right. at Paramount Sports. I'd love to meet you. Love to say hi to you. Uh, you get to meet, uh, most importantly, not me. You get to meet the real talent in the family, my daughter. <laughs> She'll be singing the national anthem. She'll be wearing, just found this out, a Walter Payton jersey. Nice. So, nice. Uh, sweetness and... Uh, Hopefully she does. I, I'm pretty sure she'll do a pretty darn good job. Looking yeah. forward to see her sing the national anthem and, and maybe the most historic football stadium still around. So yeah. it's not going to be there four or five years from now. So if you've been deciding, do you, do you make the trip and go? This is probably the time. So, uh, you know, some people might say, hey, two backup quarterbacks, but uh, my daughter's singing the national anthem in one of the most storied venues in the NFL. Uh, love to see you, and hopefully uh, it's a great game also. So you want to check us out also, maybe check out our services. We're on a roll. We've won six of the seven weeks in football, seven selections in college football, $77 for Saturday, five for 55 on Sunday, one place. ParamountSports.com. There it is right there. And Lee's uh, Twitter, again, is at Paramount Sports. So if you want to send him a DM and let him know you're going to be there, I'll tell you this, Lee, two people to look out for. JT's actually going to be there. Of course, JT uh, yep. works here. Great friend of yours, great friend of mine, obviously. He's going to be there, so I'm sure you could probably have a chance to catch up with him. And then my guy, Peg Leg Raider. That's his name. He uh, lost his leg in, okay. in service. He's, uh, you know, serving our country yep. and lost his leg. And so he has a peg leg that is a, a Raider's peg leg. So it's pretty awesome. He said he's going to go to this wait game. To meet him. I hope he hopefully he reaches out to me. Yes. Love to meet him in person. Yeah, the thing is, it's cool. He said, I'm going to go to this game because I'm a soldier, so I want to go to Soldier Field. How cool was that? Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love people that serve their country. My dad served their country, our country. He was in the Air Force and have a lot of respect for people that yep. do that. Yeah, me too. Me too. So that'll be cool, man. Enjoy the game. Tell your daughter good luck uh, from me. You know, I know she's going to kill it and do a great job, but uh, that's going to be fun, man. So thanks so much as always, man. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. Many thanks to my guy, Lee Sterling, from ParamountSports.com. Definitely appreciate him and his efforts each and every day. And, again, if you're going to be there, if you're going to be at the game, man, Soldier Field, make sure you check out Lee Sterling. Uh, hit him up and let him know you're there. His daughter's singing the national anthem at Paramount Sports. Definitely hit him up. He's a really good dude, really good friend of mine, good friend of JT's, and, like I said, definitely appreciate him. And that's going to do it from us. 
live from Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, we're on tour each and every week. We hit a different Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't even know where I'm going to be at next week. I do know one thing. I'll be somewhere next week. But uh, it's going to do it from us for us from here. Uh, Ari, many thanks to you, my man, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for holding it down. All the folks here at Buffalo Wild Wings, we definitely appreciate them as well. And everyone from Raider Nation that stopped by and said, what's up, Vice Raider? I definitely appreciate you. And everyone else who stopped by to say what's up. So uh, we'll be back on Monday, Raider Nation. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. It's an early kickoff, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Of course, you can hear it on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll be back on Monday here, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a victory Monday, handing out some game balls, talking about a three-game win streak, and then preparing for the Detroit Lions Week 8 action of the NFL season. So until then, Raider Nation, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk on Monday. Have a great evening and a great weekend. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. We're out of here. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.